2: Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Repay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, we got hit with a little bit of an audible yesterday. Tough, tough break for the UConn Huskies. As you may have heard by now, tonight's game against UConn has been postponed. Chris, I was looking forward to getting hyped for game day. Finally getting that chance to play them for the first time as an official member of the Big East Conference, or I should say, return to the Big East Conference. No game tonight. Looks like the focus will be on Seton Hall from here on out as the Cats take them on this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's just unfortunate on all fronts. I mean, just from a purely basketball standpoint, sucks because you obviously like to see Villanova play just you know just for our own enjoyment, and also you want to see them hit the 13-game threshold, which obviously would have been accomplished if they had played UConn and then Seton Hall this weekend. It would have been out of discussion by the end of january would have been great and we could just move on with that whole thing and unfortunately it looks like it's going to have to at least wait another week then also you have to you know worry about obviously COVID protocols and hoping everybody's okay with the contract tracing because i believe it was a ref who officiated the game between uconn and butler ended up contracting it so that's just i hope he's okay and hope everyone in both programs is okay and specifically butler I mean, they just were under a COVID lockdown. Came out, played Villanova, played a couple games. Then they had to go back under a COVID lockdown because they had a false positive, and that false positive was revealed the day of a game against Seton Hall. So Seton Hall's been off pretty much the entire time as well. Uh, but luckily, that was a false positive, and now they got to go back under lockdown for th- this contact tracing through the COVID outbreak for the ref. And that's just like that's a heck of a roller coaster to go through and. Uh, just wild and just pretty much encapsulates the entire season right there. But, you know, it sucks that we won't get this UConn game, but at least we'll get the Seton Hall game in there, you know?
2: Yeah, I was looking forward to playing the Huskies. As you mentioned, Chris, it's just been such an emotional roller coaster for some teams. Some teams had it harder than others, but overall, it seems like everyone throughout the Big East, and not just the Big East, but in college basketball as a whole throughout the nation, has dealt with COVID pauses or COVID outbreaks or. COVID taking away a game or two at the very least. Villanova had it pretty bad, some worse than others, but regardless of how many days or games you sit out, it's never a fun time. It's never a fun time.
0: No, it's not. Not at all. Also, another basketball aspect, though, just with, re- with regards to the, can- the cancellation of this game, a postponement, it's the fact that, you know, UConn gets to avoid Villanova without James Booknight. I mean, he's been injured for quite some time now, but you would think by the time this game's rescheduled, UConn should be able to have him back. I mean, I, I know he's kind of – he's had that elbow injury, but it sounds like he should be back by early to mid-February, and you got to think that's when that game will be rescheduled. So if you're a Villanova fan, you're a little upset, because it could have been an easier game. But at the same time, you'll get UConn at full strength, and if you end up beating them, it looks better for schedule purposes and seeding purposes and all that.
2: Also, you don't want the UConn fans to make those excuses like, oh, we didn't have book night, we didn't have James, but wait until we do. Right now, Chris, it looks like unless if this game gets just jammed in there somewhere, I don't know, because Villanova's schedule does look pretty tight from here and until the end of the season, but – it looks like Villanova UConn is set to play on Saturday, February 20. So, might come close to that. I know that originally Buck Knight's injury looked like a season ender at first. Then the diagnosis or the timetable changed from to four to six weeks. So maybe it might be close. But if his recovery is going a little bit better than expected. Possibly he makes an appearance against the Cats, but I don't know. Like you said, it is a mixed bag. Maybe you could have gotten a a better win or an easier win or an easier time winning with UConn's top player out, but at least now you can take him on at full strength and make a statement that way. Bummer, though, because I was looking forward to hitting game number 13 against Seton Hall, and I was hoping and expecting to come on here next Tuesday, hitting the hype horn button 13 times to celebrate (laughs) hitting that 13-game threshold, and becoming postseason eligible. Hopefully, ideally, it would have been a win against UConn and a win against Seton Hall. And then we would have even had double the reason to celebrate. Unfortunately, it looks like Villanova's going to hit game number 13 against St. John's if everything holds next Wednesday. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. But right now, Chris, it's all Seton Hall. Focus right back on the Pirates. And I'm sure these guys have a lot to prove.
0: They certainly do after choking a huge lead against Creighton last night.
2: Yeah, what was up with that? Chris, uh, man, uh, I was yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I turned it on midway through the first half. Came in a little late, but I saw Sean Hall was up. And then by the time halftime rolled around, they had a nice double-digit lead. They put up 54 points in a half, which is insane. Take a look at the box score. Mamu Kelishvili wasn't even doing much at that point. And they were mostly being carried by Bryce Aiken, who was excellent off the bench. Miles Kale looked more like Miles Powell. And then you had a solid third option in Jared Roden, who was also having a nice game. The second half rolls around, coming down the home stretch. I don't know if Seton Hall got caught looking ahead a little bit to that revenge game against Nova, but all of a sudden they took away their 14-point lead. And now they are coming into Saturday with a loss and probably not happy with how last night went. It was a great game, though. Very exciting. Creighton, mm-hmm. you know, hats off to them. I know that they've been a little cold lately, but to bounce back with another win, it's got to feel good for them. Not so good for Seton Hall.
0: Yeah, Creighton, if they had lost this game, there would have been a little bit of discussion about is Creighton for real? You know, is Tyshawn Alexander, that was he that much of a difference maker? You know, Greg McDermott, what kind of defensive system is he running? Because Seton Hall – outscored their last performance in, in totality in the first half. So last game against Creighton, they had 53 points. In the first half of this game, they had 54. <laughs> so that's a pretty stark difference right there. And if you're, you're a Creighton fan, you're, you're a little uneasy. But then they were down 13 or 14 towards the end of the first half. They hit a late three, cut the lead to 10. And then they stormed back in the last 10 minutes of the second half. Seton Hall was up at least 14 points, I believe, at the time. And Mitch Ballack goes off and bombs all over the place. Zagorowski like hit a couple of key, th- key threes. And Seton Hall just fell apart. Ma- like you said, Mamu was a non-factor in the first half. But in the second half, he picked it up a little bit. But Miles Cale had 18 first-half points and finished the game with 20. He just completely disappeared. Jared Roden only scored a couple in in the second half too. Bryce Aiken was pretty much their saving grace in the second half. If it wasn't for him, they'd probably get blown out again. I mean, Bryce Aiken though, he dropped 21 last night, and if he's gonna play like that against Villanova, that's an extra player that Seton Hall has that could uh, provide some problems because he really wasn't much of a factor. We actually thought he was gonna be hurt going into that last Villanova game. Uh, he was st- he was still hurt. But he ended up playing a little bit, didn't do all that much. But he dropped tw- after dropping 21. He- Makes you a little uneasy.
2: Yeah, and especially that's the Bryce Aiken that they imagined and that they pictured coming in after he played so well at Harvard, had a great career there, comes to Seton Hall. They thought he'd be an impact player right away. Hasn't been an easy season for him so far. Cold games, that injury, as you mentioned, Chris. But if he has the games like last night, which is what they expected and anticipated from him more often, if this is kind of like a turning point game for him, I'm a little worried because he hasn't really Mm -hmm. been much of a factor, but, you know, the man's a baller, and he found his way back to put that ball through that hoop. And if he's going to be a bigger boost for the Pirates against Nova, I'm a little bit concerned. I know Seton Hall is going to come in there ready to go with a vengeance. They are Mm -hmm. not happy. Their fans are not happy with the way that they lost that last one against Villanova and the way that they lost last night. They're going to come in feeling like they have a lot to prove.
0: They definitely will. Two hard luck losses to two best teams in the Big East, and you you got to be chomping at the bit to just get back out there. And for luckily for them, it's a relatively quick turnaround. You know, Wednesday into Saturday. It's usually the usual schedule for a Big East team, but at least you get the opportunity against two of the upper echelon teams in the conference. You almost pulled one out against Creighton at home, but now you got Villanova coming into your building, and I believe it's at Prudential Center. I don't think it's under on-campus arena if they even have one, but. It'll be in a place that you know that always gives Villanova fits. We all know the, the history with that. Uh, even last year, I was the game I for sure thought Villanova was going to go in there and lose. It was going to be Seton Hall's coronation ceremony, crown, crown them the kings of the Big East. Miles Powell would have a parade down Mulberry Street in Newark. And the next thing you know, Villanova goes in there and beats them in a quote-unquote transition year. So... That was uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Hopefully they can do that again. And, you know, Seton Hall, is a, it, it's not no secret they're a little weaker than last year, obviously with Pal gone and whatnot. But it, this and the Villanova team's a little bit stronger, I, I would say. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think Villanova comes out with the win here and gives uh, Seton Hall a pretty tough week. What about you?
2: Yeah, you can never underestimate Seton Hall. Never, ever since that 2014 Big East tournament game. Obviously, the Sterling give shot, that upset, bad memories, painful memories. But ever since then, it's always been a dogfight, Whenever these two teams meet. As we love to talk about, Chris, whenever they're facing off against Villanova, whenever that's the opponent for the night, it looks like the Pirates – they had a little emphasis with the way that they play. There's a little bit more urgency. There's a little more determination. They definitely get fired up. We talked about it many times before. The loss against Creighton and then the way they lost to Villanova last week just adds fuel to the fire. Mamu is going to try to have a better game for both halves. Bryce Yakin is looking like he's channeling his old self again. Miles Kale put a pretty valiant Miles Powell impersonation for the first half, disappeared a little bit in the second. And Jared Roden has just been stepping up this year. However, I got to give the credit to Seton Hall. But this is Villanova we're talking about here. Last time out, Villanova was coming right off of a 27-day layoff. Barely had time to practice. Just got thrown into a game. They gave a good effort. Wasn't their cleanest game. Since then, I think Villanova's improved on the defensive end, as we saw against Providence. So I think the Wildcats are... Stepping back in the right direction. Hopefully the defensive effort remains locked down against the Pirates and all their star players. And ideally, the Wildcats keep rolling and keep this winning streak and undefeated Big East record going.
0: I I expect and I hope that JRE comes out, shakes off the rust from the past couple of games. Two lackluster performances for him, uh, especially offensively. Defensively, he kind of fixed his game against Providence, Against Seton Hall, it wasn't all that great. And Mamu gave him everything he could handle. So hopefully he's able to step up this time offensively and defensively and show the player uh, show that he's the type of player that we all know he is. It was probably the layoff. We can all speculate, whatever. Or maybe it's just two bad games. We don't know. But with a type of game like this, on the road, a big, big opponent, Seton Hall's going to try and correct everything that they did against Villanova last time. And we saw how close that game was. Maybe they'll actually catch a long inbounds pass. And the next thing you know, the game's over. So... I expect Jerry to step up in this one, and then he's going to hopefully give Mamou some problems on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. What was your uh, X factor for this one, Eugene?
2: I'm going to have to go with big game Jermaine. I'm hoping he can continue to just roll with that momentum that he built up last week as the Big East player of the week. Obviously, two great games since the COVID pause. Huge off the bench against Seton Hall. Provided some big-time dunks and a double-double against Providence. I'd love to see him to continue to just – build that confidence, channel it, and have another great performance against the Pirates. He's going to be my player to watch. Just played so well against, you know, last time, and I'd love to see him have a repeat on Saturday.
0: Would it be nice? Would be nice? Because, we I mean, how many times do we say, like, oh, big game Jermaine, you know, has the big-time performance and a little couple of lackluster, not-so-big-game Jermaine performances, and then he'll break out for a big one down the road. You know, if he – after the one against Providence and the one against Seton Hall and he puts up another one here against Seton Hall, that's three good games in a row. <laughs> that would be – uh, that would be something.
2: It definitely will be. We'll have to tune in and find out. This game is scheduled for Saturday, 3 p.m. on Fox, the Fox Network. Don't go on FS1. Don't go on FS2. And definitely not ESPN. You're not going to find it there. We got the big boy network. I'm looking forward to this game. Nice 3 p.m., times a lot nice and early hopefully we can celebrate it with a nice dinner afterwards we'll see what happens let's hear one last word from jay right on this matchup before we move on
1: a lot of people have asked that and we, we got lucky against seton hall I, i'm not you know embarrassed to say it um you know that ball went through sandro's hands at the end of the game he had a layup we 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 were we were we were holding on for dear life at the end of that game. I did think, and you know, in the beginning of the um, Providence game, first half, I think we, I think we were struggling a little bit, but I think we started to find our rhythm in the second half, which I feel good about. But as far as I see right now, we've just played like one good half. So we, we still got a lot of work to do. We were really looking forward to playing just to see where we are. And, and, you know, Oh, at least it's only a couple days we got to wait and we'll see where we are going on the road at Seton hall.
2: So Chris, obviously with the UConn game being canceled, that kind of messed up everybody's plans from UConn's to Villanova's and the biggies. So I just want to divert your attention to some other storylines and some other things to watch out for Val Ackerman got a contract extension. She is now locked in with the biggies conference through 2024. honestly, I would extend her to twenty thirty four. She's been <laughs> phenomenal. I think, with the way that everything had shaped out, from the quote unquote old Biggie splitting up, the American being born, there were there was a lot of uneasiness, a lot of uncertainty with the state of the quote unquote new Big East. But she has just killed it from day one.
0: Yeah, she really has. Everything under her watch seems to have gone pretty well. She's taken over this conference after the realignment and the national media will say what they will about this conference, but let's be honest. It's great. It's wonderful, especially being in it and whatnot. And obviously basically running the conference for the past few years, it's uh, it's even better, but you know, she's, she's done a fantastic job and her as a commissioner kind of reminds me, of an offensive lineman in football, in the sense like if you don't hear about an offensive lineman in football, that means they're they're good. If you don't hear them, your name being called a lot, that means they're good. And to be honest, like you don't really hear Val Ackerman's name mentioned a lot, in, you know, media and what and whatnot. So that's that's pretty good. That's a good thing. I mean, she's doing a good job. So I, I keep her for forever. She's doing great.
2: Yeah, all the moves so far, all the major ones have just been so on point. Keeping the biggest tournament at the Garden. I know the FS1 deal seemed a little crazy in the beginning cuz it was like what's well, FS1 but then you look at what what happened to the American and I am so thankful Chris we are on national TV and not on ESPN3 or ESPN or ESPN plus god right. god forbid that that would be what happened to us we would just be put on the back burner and unappreciated
0: for sure i mean i remember freshman year eugene like even some games in the old BDs were like on ESPN2 plus plus you know like it was crazy i'm like i don't want to sign up on a seven-day free trial just to watch them once so yeah i'm glad we're on national tv and i don't know if it was an option at the time but if nbc sports was an option thank god we didn't go with them either because they're now closed at the end of this year
2: yeah that was a shocking news last week but also it's funny you mentioned that how some of the old the quote-unquote old big east games were on ESPNU and those miscellaneous networks news deportes you know so on so forth the ocho but, yeah exactly <laughs> We just recently celebrated the anniversary of Arch hitting that beautiful three-pointer against Syracuse. Nova coming back 2013, Chris, our freshman year. Amazing time. Storming the court twice in one week. First against Louisville and then against Kuse. But that Cuse nova game, the one that went to overtime after Arch's clutch heroics and the Villanova just pulling it out against Jim Bayheim and the Orangemen, that game was actually on ESPNU at 11 a.m. Like, yeah. that blows my mind <laughs> that that game was just an ESPNU game.
0: It, it makes no sense, man. Looking back on it, it's like, how how was this, like, how were we okay with this? The 11 o'clock start, I remember vividly though, because that was like...
2: I had to get up at, like, 7. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was uh, an early wake-up. Like, 7 o'clock now, is like, oh, that's sleeping in. But back then, <laughs> it was like, like what? <laughs> like, why do I have to get up this early? And then... You know, everyone's, like, waiting for the game, and then, like, Syracuse started off slow, I think, and everyone's like, oh, this is only because of the early start. Villanova did this on purpose. And it's just like, oh, come on. What are we doing? But, yeah, thank God, uh, thank God Val made that that transition. The, the Fox Sports deal has been pretty good, I got to say.
2: Yeah, that, that was a pretty good analogy, Chris. If, if you don't hear about your commissioner, it's usually a good thing. They're just think about good Roger job. Goodell. Always With negative. Our-
0: Roger Goodell, Gary Bettman, Rob Manfred, three of the four big four commissioners are at like all-time low approval ratings. <laughs> so congrats to Val for being a, uh, a non-factor in the grand scheme of uh, media, keeping it low-key and doing a good job at it.
2: Despite pulling all the money moves and the strings behind the scenes.
0: Right, Or not exactly.
2: so much behind the scenes, but you know what I mean. Chris, we get the question every week almost every episode, and I'd be remiss if we didn't share an update. But better than any speculation or me passing on the word as the middleman, this is from the Jay Wright himself. It's just an update on Brian Antoine's situation. I don't think we should react to it, Chris, because I think it's, it's pretty clear-cut, and I think that this will help answer some people's questions. But I got this information yesterday at Jay Wright's Media Availability where he discussed the UConn postponement. And some other topics and Brian Antoine came up and let's take a listen.
1: He's had two major injuries. Uh, I, best I can say is I, I am confident he's going to get there. Um, he has missed so much. Um, and, and I'm so impressed with his, um, his mental toughness and his approach to getting back. Um, He's got a way to go in terms of just coming back from his injury, getting in shape, and again, learning what we're doing. Uh, I mean, because both, both times, a shoulder injury, you can't, you can't do anything. You can't even touch a ball. So he, he's, he's, he's just gotten so far behind, um, but he's working his butt off. At least now he's in practice. So he's, he's like a freshman starting practice right now. He's still got a long way to go like health wise and catching up, but his, um, you know, his, his mental toughness has been so impressive in, in terms of, um, you know, just getting back, getting back in it and busting his butt and trying to catch up conditioning wise, strength wise, got to strengthen his shoulder. Um, I get, like I said, he's got to get his conditioning back and, um, and then get back into learning what we do. But he hand, he approaches it with a great attitude and, and um, and I know he's going to get there. I, I don't know. You know, it ha- it's tough always when it's this late in the season to get back into a rotation because you've been out so long and we kind of got our rotation set. But again, I don't want to put any limits on him either because um, he's a talent and he's got a great work ethic and we're really, really impressed with how he's handling all this It's
2: just been a tough break for Brian Antoine to start his career and it's also been a tough break for Demir Cosby Rountree to towards the latter end of his career just unfortunate string of injuries lately and them being a lot more serious than we would have initially thought between Antoine being out for a little bit longer and and DCR being sidelined indefinitely after taking that surgery that surgery came a little bit of a surprise to us. But it was a major storyline. It doesn't look like we're going to see DCR anytime soon. No,
0: nah, I just feel awful for him. You really do. And when, you know, we got the question every week, like you said, but, like, when you were telling me, like, the updates on it, it was, like, the fact that he's not they're not saying he's getting better, you just kind of knew it was kind of trajectory toward this path and as unfortunate as it is. But with it being a free year and whatnot, at least he keeps his eligibility and didn't have to read, medically register and whatnot so he can – play for however long so at least he'll be hopefully it seems like he'll be out there next year but it sucks for this year obviously
2: yeah it's just a shame because it's it's actually the other leg this time it's just you know this guy can't catch a break hopefully this is the last surgery hopefully this is the last major injury for dcr and we'll see him out there next year or i do maybe even at the end of this year but we'll see what happens can only hope and pray for demir cosby round through get well soon before we move on to questions, I just wanted to take a moment and express our condolences to the Villanova basketball program, d Tailors, Taylors, for the passing of Gabe D'Annunzio, better known as the man behind GQJ. He was Jay Wright's personal tailor, and not just his personal tailor, but a great friend to the program, and definitely made a lot of Wildcats look really fresh on draft night or many other formal events, and especially Jay Wright. That was the secret behind the sauce right there. Very sad news that was shared from Coach earlier this week. And we just express our condolences to him and the program and d Taylors. And now, Chris, it's that time of the day where we open the mailbag and answer the questions that you, the listeners, have for us. As always, you can tweet us at Pod, Hit us up in the comments section of the View Hoops post. It'll find its way to us. Chris, we got a few here. Are you ready? Let's do it. First question is from Brendan Riley. He wants to know, will there be a Big East tournament? And if there is, will Nova play in it? Uh, Brendan, I think there will be a Big East tournament. I really do think so. I think that, and just based on what the coaches have been saying, it seems like everybody's adamant and wants the Big East tournament to happen at Madison Square Garden. Maybe they'll even bubble it too to make it even safer for everyone involved. I know we've, we've discussed this a little bit, off air and on air Chris but I think it happens especially with the way that just looking at how last year was handled but everyone else canceled their conference tournament and the biggies tried desperately so hard to keep it going until it was that point where they were the only major conference left and everyone was like all right come on gotta gonna have to kill this at halftime and eventually they did but the fact that they were late to the party and it seems like the coaches wanted it to happen I think that there will be a Big East tournament. And will Nova play in it? Yes. No doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't seem like Jay Wright's going to want to sit it out. And just with the way the last year ended already, with the three-team tie and no proper conference tournament championship, I think Nova plays in it. Jay's all about tradition. And COVID, or I shouldn't say COVID, because the team's going to try to you know, maximize its precautions and, and play it safe. But I don't think that's going to stop them.
0: No, I, I happen to agree with you. It's, it, there will be a Big East tournament and Villanova will be playing. It. I, I have to believe. For whatever reason it is, because the coaches want it to happen, because of the money, because they want to you know, keep up the tradition, whatever it is, I, I think it's going to happen. It's just too lucrative. And I know we were saying that about the NCAA tournament last year. I just think it happens. Unless there's like a huge, huge outbreak amongst like a couple of the teams, then I think they might pause it and just not have it at all. But I think Villanova will play in it as well and hopefully win it.
2: Yeah, I know that the timing is a little tricky with the way that it's way too close to the NCAA tournament. So the logistics are definitely going to have to be hashed out, but I, I just can't I just can't see why there wouldn't be. I mean, I, I definitely see why, but I just don't think that JA and and the rest of the teams are going to sit out like last time, Chris, maybe yeah. we, they should do a TBT style. Pack the bags, and as soon as you lose, you're out of
0: there. <laughs> It would be a good way. Good way to do it. And, like, if, even if, like, they don't do the garden, just, like, just form a bubble somewhere and get them there early and maybe, like, I don't know, cancel the last week or two and just start it earlier. I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's yeah. a feasible option, but.
2: Yeah, go to Wyoming, get some <laughs> empty high school gym somewhere and just play it there.
0: That would be unique <laughs> and definitely draw attention.
2: Next question is from John Palmay. What's the over-under on Trey Patterson mentions camera shots during the game? I'm going to set it, Chris, at six. And the reason being, Trey Patterson, obviously the news are going to be big. I don't know if he's going to go in. I really – I don't think he will personally. But because the game will be in New Jersey, his home state, fresh edition, big news, I think it happens. I think he – Maybe five. I'll set it five. Over under five, Chris. What, what are you taking? I'll take the over. You'll take the over. Okay. Take the over.
0: Yep, because I'm such a good gambler. I will take the over, and the, he will be mentioned several times with regards to why he didn't even consider seeing all. Did he consider seeing all though?
2: That's a good question. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to dig it up in the the archives a little bit.
0: Because <laughs> I I know he went to Rutgers prep, and I remember. Hearing a lot of Rutgers fans being like, oh, yeah, we're going to get him. And I'm just like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just a hunch. <laughs> He'll be mentioned a lot, the whole New Jersey narrative and how New Jersey's secretly a basketball state. You'll, you'll hear a lot of that stuff.
2: So his most final list, which I know he trimmed it from like a final eight or 10, but his top three that he narrowed it down to right before committing was Villanova, Florida, Indiana. We missed the we missed a ball in that one, <laughs> just completely yeah. swung and missed.
0: Swung and missed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe oh maybe well. they were
2: in his final later ten. I would imagine
0: something like that. I bet you they'll even. I bet you the pregame crew is going to ask about the uh, about about Patterson to Willard and be like, oh, what was it like having him in your own backyard? Like, did you go see him and all that stuff? And if he enters the game, oh boy, you'll never hear the end of it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's the thing. So, you got the the mentions and the camera shots. So, combining that, I I think it's going to be pretty close to five. I just don't know. Will they cut back to him back and forth? I don't know. I can definitely see they're going to definitely have a shot of him on the bench, no doubt in my mind. Definitely name drop him a couple times. I'm going to go under. I think it's going to just be at four. Just right there. Stop at four. Combined mentions and camera shots. All
0: right. So the only logical explanation is that it will push at five when we count it all up eventually.
2: It will. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> probably what's going to happen. One thing before we do sign off is uh, I do want to share this little tidbit from Jay on Trey Patterson's progress and what he envisions his role is for this year. Looks like a lot to be excited about. A lot to be excited about. Let's take a listen.
1: He's pretty impressive, man. Um I know that if, when I was a senior in high school, if you put me on a college campus or in a college practice, especially, I'd be blown away. He's very mature, um, picks things up quickly, and he's added to our. He's helped us in our practices, which might not seem a lot to you guys, but usually bring a high school kid into a college practice and it's a mess. You know, he's really helped us. No plan right now. Low low expectations because. He kind of hit us with this, you know, like at the end of December when they still hadn't started, if he can help us in practice, that would be a real positive and a great contribution on his part. And I think he's starting to do that already. Um, But he's picking up things pretty quickly. Um, It's, it's pretty impressive. So um, I don't want to put any limits on him either.
2: Maybe utilize him in a, a scout team role, sort of.
1: Oh yeah. He's doing that already, which is, which is amazing. <laughs> he's only practiced like three days with us, and he's able to do that already. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty impressive.
2: All right. Jay's already impressed with what he's doing in just a few days of practice. Now, I, I don't know if that means he's going to have more minutes, but I am very encouraged with Trey Patterson. Him being here, honestly, I'm just excited for that too. It's just a great time. Great time for Trey Patterson.
0: Yeah, who wouldn't want to start college early?
2: Yeah, the fact that it was also put together so late, I'm, I'm like, surprised. I, it makes sense because I know high school sports and the basketball season, obviously, not guaranteed. So instead of waiting around or playing a shortened, abbreviated season, why do that? when well, You can just get a jump start and work out with some big boys in D1 college. But And here's Jay telling us that he's handling a lot better than he would have. So that's a great sign. Well, everybody, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation, if you haven't already. Please subscribe to the show. You can do so at View Hoops or look up State of the Nova Nation. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Megaphone, Stitcher, Pod, Bean. You got many, many options. Please check back, check often. Unfortunately, we don't have a game preview for today for the UConn game, no game threads. But check back tomorrow. We'll have the preview for the Scene Hall game, among many other content and lots of other things. So check back, check often. Please follow View Hoops on social media. Look for at View Hoops, and that's good for Twitter and Instagram. Like our page on Facebook. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at e 5
0: And I'm Chris Danzial. Got nothing. Uh, just stay safe, everybody.
2: Nova Nation, have a good weekend. Let's get this dub on Saturday. We'll hit Game 13 before we know it.